Section 42 Part 1 Of the Complete Works of Bran, The Iconoclast, Volume 12 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Complete Works of Bran, The Iconoclast, Volume 12, by William Cowper Bran. Section 42, Part 1. Slave or Sovereign. Status of the American Citizen. Synopsis of an Address Delivered by Mr. Bran, August 10, 1895. Fellow Citizens, if I had a million of money, carefully protected from the income tax by a plutocratic Supreme Court, I would probably not be here to inquire whether you are slaves or sovereigns, and if you could draw your check for seven figures, with any probability of getting it cashed, you would not be here to answer. You'd do just as Dives did, lean back in your luxurious chair and absorb your sangaree while Lazarus scratched his populist fleas on your front steps and exploited your garbage barrels for bones. You'd turn up your patrician nose at the lowly proletaire, and if he did but hint that, having created this world's wealth, he was entitled to something better than handouts, you'd have an anti-communistic catfit and denounce him as an insolent hoodlum who should be comfortably hanged. That's human nature to a hair, and you are all human, I suppose, even if the politicians do buy you with gas and sell you for gold. I tell you frankly that I'm complaining, not because of the other fellow's colossal fortune, but because I can't strike the plutocratic combination. I'm dreadfully anxious to accumulate a modest fortune, of about fifty millions, that I may build a comfortable orphan asylum for that vast contingent of democratic politicians whom the next election will deprive of their pap. I'm no philanthropist who's trying to reform the world for the fun of the thing, who's willing to starve to death for the sake of an attractive tombstone. I want to so amend industrial conditions that I won't have to hustle so hard and so long between meals. And when they are bettered for me, they will be bettered for you, and for every man who, with pick or pen, brain or brawn, honestly earns his daily bread. I want more holidays, more time to sit down and reflect that it is good to be alive more time to go fishing not fishing for men but for sure enough suckers here in america if the average mortal aspires to fill a long-felt want with first-class fodder he's got to chase the almighty dollar on weekdays like a hungry coyote camping on the trail of a corpulent jack-rabbit and spend sunday figuring how to circumvent his fellow-citizen Life with the American people is one continental hurry and rush from the cradle to the grave. We're born in a hurry, live by electricity, and die with scientific expedition. Half of us don't take time to become acquainted with our own families. We've even got to courting by telephone, and I expect to see some enterprising firm put up lovers' kisses in tablet form, so that they can be carried in the vest pocket and absorbed while we figure cent per cent, 
or make out a mortgage. For a score of years I had been listening to the boast of the American people that they were sovereigns by right divine, and at last it occurred to me to swear out a search warrant for my crown and go on a still hunt for my scepter, but soon found that the jewels of my throne-room, the rod of my authority, and my purple robe of office were conspicuous by their absence, and I wasn't married at the time either. The American citizen is a sovereign, not to the extent of his voice and vote, but to the exact amount of Uncle Sam's illuminated mental anguish plasters at his command. Money is Lord Paramount, Mammon our prophet, our God the golden calf. The dollar is indeed almighty. It's the Archimedean lever that lifts the ill-bred boor into select society and places the ignorant saphead in the United States Senate. It makes presidents of stuffed prophets, governors of intellectual geese, philosophers of fools, and gilds infamy itself with supernal glory. It wrecks the altars of innocence and pollutes the fanes of the people, breaks the sword of justice, and binds the goddess of liberty with chains of gold. It is lord of the land, the uncrowned king of the commonwealth, and its whole religious creed is comprised in the one verse, To him that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, while from him that hath not shall be taken even that which he hath. We, the people, rule in the conventions, but our delegated lawmakers have a different lord. In 1892, we demanded tariff reform with a whoop that shook the imperial rafters of heaven and declared for the minting of gold and silver without discrimination against either metal. But our so-called public servants, instead of hastening to obey our behests, spent months manufacturing excuses for disregarding their duty. Placed between the devil of the money power and the deep sea of public opinion, they wobbled in and they wobbled out like a drunken boa constrictor taking its jag to a gold cure joint. They were like the little boy who put his trousers on t'other's side to we couldn't tell whether they were going to school or coming home but our doubts were all dispelled last november they are the fellows who were going to school to that school of experience where fools are educated end of section forty two part one